Welcome to Healthcare Hacks and Connections Podcast. Here you will learn all things podcasting, acquiring amazing tips and tricks required to transform your podcast into an essential tool to grow your business. On this show, we will bring in expert guests from across the healthcare spectrum. They will share their personal stories, discuss their struggles, and give real examples of how a podcast helped to grow their business. Now let's head into this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. So today we have with us Morgan Sheets. She is a marketing and media consultant that teaches owners to establish health, wellness, and fitness businesses to land their leveraged earned media, which we're going to talk about that a little bit, like what is earned media um, today, and so coverage to grow their business. But guys, I just want to welcome Morgan to the podcast. Thanks for having me here, Nate. I'm happy to be here with you today. Thank you for pouring into my audience today about, you know, earned media and PR and all that, because I feel like that is a missed point in the healthcare industry that we can definitely touch on and, you know, people need to. It definitely is. That's why I'm so excited to connect with you and share with your audience, because I want to just maybe like take away the veil, so to speak, and help them understand like demystify it. Cause I think it's something that people feel so complicated or out of reach that it's not available to them and it absolutely is available. So let's help them understand that today. Did you yeah. want to talk about first dive into what earned media is or? You know what? Let's touch on that. Um, okay. But a little bit before that, let's just give a, so for listeners that don't know you, let's give a little bit of a background about you. Sure. So I started off in college. I went to Butler University as a journalism major, and I got experience there writing for the print newspaper and then as an editor for the online newspaper, photojournalist. And at that time, I was also talent and signed with a modeling agency in Chicago. I did a lot of promotional talent work, brand ambassador work, print modeling. So I gained this behind the scenes understanding of how media is produced. My actual degree I'd graduated with was electronic media production. So I was the journalist. I gained experience as a journalist aspect, creating the content and then production of the radio, television content. And then from a marketing standpoint as talent, I got to learn what it was like to bring these brands to life. And at 23, my mom started a business and she wanted me to use my marketing experience that I'd had working for these other big brands and the education I had in college to help her market her business. And an important thing to note here is I am extremely introverted. I am very bookish. And so when I was charged with marketing... I leaned into what I was really good at because I was not good at going to networking meetings at all. And as business owners can relate to, when I would make myself go, my ideal clients weren't there anyway because I had a very niche-specific business. And so yeah, I met other business owners, but they weren't valuable connections that were going to lead to clients. So I leaned into my media background And I reached out to the local media. At the time, the business we had is not in the healthcare industry. It was 
at that iteration of the business, it was a to the trade. So to interior design and architects to the trade only business where we sold high-end European furnishings and lighting. So I had a really targeted audience. And when I did my media outreach, I focused on reaching out to magazines in my community that targeted to my ideal client. And then I became a wellness coach. We'll just bring in full circles. So they don't want to talk to healthcare professionals. We don't drop them at interior yeah. design and case goods. So we actually closed that physical portion of the business with the high-end furnishings. We went through a 2008 economic crash and crisis and we closed that angle of the business. And we moved forward with just this exclusive distributorship we had for a high-end Italian lighting line. I spent the next, I don't know how many years, but in total, I was worked for a decade with my mom and we took the lighting aspect of the business and grew it. And I worked with a PR person at a national level once we'd grown the brand quite a bit. And we got the lighting line and all the major trade magazines like El Decor and Veranda and Architectural Digest. And that was... Uh, Architectural Digest was a coup. I was like, that was... We made it. And also it was like... That was the moment for me that I was like, I've grown this baby as much as I want to. And my mom and I had a talk and we both decided that it was time to move on from that business and spend, you know years of our lives dedicated to something else. So we sold it. And then I moved forward with building a massage therapy business first, which then evolved into wellness coaching business. And I tried social media for those business. And I don't sell at it because there's probably many other businesses owners that can relate to this. I love using my expertise to grow my business, not me as a person. So I leaned into, again, what I knew, which was media and used podcast appearances and then traditional media exposure to create brand awareness and trust within my local community and grow the wellness business. And then I had a lot of wellness business owners and I was also serving a community of a business that did wellness coach training. They hired me for a year to Mm -hmm. do this media for their students. And a lot of people were like, how do I do this? And that's why I was like, you know what? I can make a far bigger impact if I can teach other health, wellness, and fitness business owners how to get their message out there in the media. That's why I created my program, Get Your Message in the Media, because it was kind of what I was telling people. Yeah. Then I could on my own as a wellness provider. So that's full circle, you know, in a short, succinct sort of version of how I got here. <laughs> that's awesome. So I don't know if we touched on it though. Like what type of wellness were you in? Like nutrition, dietitian, where slash therapy? Certified holistic wellness coach. And then I did therapeutic massage. Okay. I focused, I developed a massage technique called mindful massage where I combine mindfulness and massage therapy. And I have a trauma background. So I actually taught for a while people how to use this technique where you really support the body to release the trauma patterns. Yeah. And that was very satisfying, rewarding. But anyway, I was like, there's other talented people besides me out there in the world with yes. amazing techniques. Let's help them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I, I think it's awesome that you tapped into your um, 
your skills, right? And, and what you you're good at. And mm-hmm. you found you're not like we were talking about with like wellness, our people, our people, uh, healthcare, we don't know how to do it. So it's not just the media, meaning like, uh, you know, celebrities and whatnot that need PR, right? And you exactly. found that way to use it for us. So I, I love it. I'm so glad that you did that. We kind of touched there a little bit earlier. Like, let's talk about now what is earned media and what is paid media? Sure. So paid media is advertising. That's where you're paying to play, so to speak. And that can look like earned media. People pay for podcast appearances. When you're reading a magazine, it says advertorial. In this day and age, paid media is cloaked very well often to look like earned media. But earned media is something that you do not pay for. It is where you are published, whether that's your expertise or your product, um, you're written about, you're put on television, and you are not paying in any shape, way, or form for the airtime. It takes time. You have to put in your effort to create relationships, but you don't pay for earned media. And then just the third division of media is owned media, which is where you're producing the content yourself. And that's, I feel where a lot of energy goes right now in healthcare marketing is owned media. Yes. So just kind of to break down some advantages and put some numbers behind this. Yeah. Is that the advantage of earned media over these other two is one in earned media for go back to Eldacore. We had our product receive a full page in Eldacore magazine. If I were to buy a full page ad, it would have cost $150,000. That's a penny. (laughs) But I didn't have to pay $150,000 because they wanted to put it in an editorial feature. So earn media. Yeah. So big advantage, you don't pay for it. Um, The difference between earned and owned, which is super valuable, is that in earned media, you're leveraging this media outlet's audience. And it's not just that they have this audience and the reach, but you're also piggybacking on their relationship with the audience. And they already know, like, and trust this media outlet. And so Mm -hmm. when the media outlet features you and earn media, not like you're putting an ad saying, Hey, I'm great. The media outlet says this person is great. Yeah. And that makes a big impact. And I want to just touch on public relations as well. That. At its essence, public relations is just how you create connections, which your podcast is about, and relationships with your customer. And it's influencing their perception of you, your brand, and your product, really at its base definition. Got it. So we were talking about this beforehand, but I know that some of my people use this is helpyourreporter.com, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, helpyourreporterout.com, Haro. Yeah, yeah, Haro. Why should more people in the healthcare industry use this? Because like what I do is like, I go on there two to three times. So whether it's Haro, that's just a way of connecting with a media contact. And I just want to define there's two kind of umbrellas of how we create relationships with the media. There's proactive pitching and then there's reactive pitching. So Haro is a reactive pitching platform for Mm -hmm. people that don't know where reporters can go and they can submit a query and they can share 
what type of expert they're looking for. And then experts can respond if you have the qualified credentials and give a response, which they will then quote you or, you know, put you on television, the radio uh, product, best buy list, whatever the query is about. It's a very easy end. I think why I encourage people to start off with it is because it takes all the pressure off. When you're talking to someone that you know wants to hear from you, it eliminates that barrier that so many people have of feeling uncomfortable to put themselves out there. You already know the reporter needs the information that you have when you're responding. Mm -hmm. So when it you're in that position, you're really in a power position and it just comes down to, can you write your pitch and respond, be one of the first responders. Timeliness is key in HARO. Mm-hmm. And write the response in a way that you're easy to quote, that you've shared succinctly and clearly mm. how your experience relates to the question they're trying to answer. But reporters are busy. They don't have the time to take in someone's response and make it into something good. Like yeah. you need to send a canned quote and if you can do that and be one of the first and you have the qualifications and experience, they will more than likely quote you. Um, I would encourage one kind of trade tip. Reporters, if you get published, you will not always know that you've been published. Some are courteous. I do encourage people to write at the end of their pitch email. Say, hey, if you have the time, please let me know if you use my quote. I would love to help share this article with my audience. And when we preface it, that you want to help increase their reach, they're more likely to do that because that's important for their job. But if you set a Google alert on your name and the media outlet that you're pitching to, there's sometimes anonymous queries. Personally, I don't advise responding to anonymous because you don't know what that media outlet is that you're pitching to. Mm. And from a business perspective, you always want to qualify the outlet you're pitching to, to make sure it's aligned with your business goals. So therefore this, what I'm going to say is I would set a Google alert for your name and the media outlet together. And then you can also set a Google alert for the reporter's name and the media outlet. And then Google will notify you when this article is published. That's helpful. (laughs) That's next level. You know, that actually just helped me because I'm like, You know, I, I do this and I never would have thought of doing that. I'm just like, I don't know, maybe they got picked up. <laughs> yeah. And select as it happens as well. Like you have Google alerts, options and settings. And if you select as it happens, then you'll be in the know and you can let the Google bots do the work for you. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And we were talking about something about Precision, which is what Haro comes from, right? They're the parent. Precision, sorry. That's okay. And they just released something last week that you wanted to touch on. So let's touch on that. Yeah, so Precision didn't actually release it, but Haro is an amazing tool. It's a free tool. We didn't mention that. Yes. No cost to you, which is great as a small business owner if you're doing everything Mm in-house. But before last week, there was not a free tool where you could curate your own media list and then email these media contacts mm-hmm. in a targeted way. So I haven't gotten the time to completely play with this platform yet since it was just released last week. I've gone through the tour, but it's called Propel. And their website is Propel 
HelmyPR.com. And what this new online software lets you do is build custom media lists. So it's very important. I know there's people out there on the internet that say just buy a bulk media list and shoot your pitch. That's a terrible way to go about it. It's ineffective. I know they say you have a 1% success rate, but that's very bad actually. Yeah. And it will destroy media relationships. Whereas the whole building a good success in media and PR lies in building quality, real relationships with your media contents. So what this software and platform lets you do is search for contacts within your subject matter field or probably by name. And then you can build a list. So for our PTs out there, you know, let's say you focus on, you know, people over 55 and fall prevention. There you go. Yeah. Something like that. You can search the database for media contacts and outlets specifically for that. But maybe you also have a division of your business where you do aquatics therapy. I don't know. That's good. Second media list for that. Yeah. And then they actually have some templates that you can play with to help you write a good pitch. But then that's great. The software integrates with your Gmail account. So it uses somewhat, I'm not an office user. I'm trying to mail merge is the function I'm trying to think of with Outlook. Got it. It uses a feature similar to mail merge so that you can customize and personalize your pitches Mm -hmm. without having to send each email individually. And this all happens within your Gmail account, even if you use like Gmail Business Enterprise. And it's great as you can, it will, the software also tracks who opens your pitch mm-hmm. and whether they respond so that you don't say double pitch someone. And this software used to cost Excision, if I remember right, I hadn't priced it for a couple of years, but it was about five grand a year to have access to this kind of software. So it's yeah. a game changer. No, I mean, the fact that you brought this on, on right before, I was like, that's crazy because like you said, uh, 5,000 or like with paid media stuff where like people are paying to be on Yahoo and Forbes and whatnot, stuff like that. Right. And guys, if you see that on people's like profiles featured in Forbes, it's like they paid to be on that more than likely, more than likely. Not always, but more than likely. And especially if you see for something Forbes council, you know, that's all paid. Okay. Like I said, it's pretty sneaky. If you look next to their bio, yeah. there's that that's where like like if it if an article is published and it doesn't say like journalist, writer, business owner, and it has um, that's the only one I can think of is a coach's council. Got it. Yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah. And is it an avenue? Sure. Because I'm I like relationships building and probably because I come from media production, I prefer to focus on earned media because that's my zone. Yeah. And I think it's a, what I want to tell business owners to help them feel comfortable to take these actions is when you're in the earned media space, you're really a business owner has an interdependent relationship with that journalist or the media outlet. You know, this magazine, television show, podcast, like, you need guests to make it work. 
And you yep. just don't need any guests. You need guests that add value to your audience. And when you pitch from that standpoint and build a relationship from that standpoint with these media contexts, when you're always like, how can I create a win-win? Like that's how I advise all my clients to focus on their media outreach is you look at your field and mm-hmm. you say, what is not being said that needs to be said? And how does what I do fill that gap? And then you look at the media outlet and then you say, have they written about this? Have they written something similar to this? Mm-hmm. How can I tie this to something written and share that this needs to be added to the conversation? How can I demonstrate that it's going to add value to their audience? And that dramatically increases your conversion rate and the likelihood they're going to get picked up. Yeah. And I'll even talk on this a little bit. Like you can even write to like, you know, ASICs or Skechers, like we have uh, run coaches that listen to the podcast and, and, you know, PTs that, that uh, work with runners, like, you know, like you guys can write to these, you know, companies and write for them, write these articles, right? And essentially you're creating that earned media for them, but you're also the source. That's when you're acting like the journalists, you're a content creator. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't particularly focus on that as much with my clients just okay. because a lot of business owners don't per se have the time or that's a special skill set. You know, and that can be a barrier. Like if you're not a writer Got and it. you don't really have a desire to write, it is a great avenue. Okay. And if you love writing, I definitely suggest that to people. Like I love writing, so I like having articles published. Yeah. But not everyone does. So really within the earned media or traditional media space, what I always try to tell people when you talk about like focusing on your skill set, like what are you naturally good at? Are you naturally good at talking on camera? Do you need time to gather your thoughts and write them out? There's a space for you. Do you not want to be seen? Okay, then go to radio or podcast with no video if you want to write online media or magazines and newspapers. If you like talking off the cuff and you can get your words in two to three minute sound bites, then get on television. You know, it's your preferred communication doesn't have to change in order to land and be successful with landing media exposure. I think that was a great take right there. Because like you said, there's those people that are, are, are not the greatest writers. Like me, like I hate writing kind of actually hate emails too. (laughs) That's why I'm like, I'd rather get someone right in front of me to be on a podcast. All right, let's talk like this, you know, versus talk through an email. I'm like, God, I hate this. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, let's tap into like, okay, these people are new business owners. Most of them, Mm -hmm. some of them, you know, maybe even five, seven years in now, but how do they know they're ready for media coverage? So you, re- you need to have what I call a validated product. So you need to have developed a product or service and sold it and have an awareness of who your niche is and who your client is. If you don't have that yet, you need to focus on validating your product and mm-hmm. then turn to media. Mm-hmm. All exposure does not generate sales. So... Say if sales is the goal, you need a validated product first. The second thing is you really need to have your customer journey mapped out 
and have that in place as well before you focus on media exposure. I mean, it happens that you can do a podcast interview or television appearance or have an article published and someone reaches out to you. It's like, I want to hire you right now. That happens. Yes. That's also the anomaly. <laughs> yes. You know, the majority of the people are going to find out about you if you offer a link to your nurture sequence, they're probably going to click that. They might follow you on Instagram if that's your where you nurture people. Mm-hmm. But if you have none of that in place and then you focus on like media exposure, you're not going to be very successful with it and you're going to be mm-hmm. frustrated and it's not going to help you reach the end goal of making sales. So those two things are important. The third thing is you really need to have a goal of a clear idea of what your goal is in landing media exposure. Um, is it brand awareness? Is it, you know, building your email list? Is it selling a specific product? If so, what's the timeline that we're looking at? Because if you want this to happen in six months, then focusing on getting in magazines isn't going to work because that can take a year to be published from the time you pitch. It's very common to have it be over a year until you're published. Okay. So then the time frame in which you're trying to reach this goal dictates which media outlet you focus on. You can pitch and be on television within a week, two weeks, 30 days. You know, that's a fast turnover. Got so it. again, summarize validated product, customer journey in place, like how you're going to take your customer from brand awareness to sale, essentially, yeah. and nurture that. And you really want your holes filled. That's what I tell people. Like before, you focus on media exposure and that customer journey. You want a strong foundation. Yep. We don't want leaks. Um, no leaky buckets. No, no leaky, leaky buckets. You just disservice to yourself and your business. Yeah. And um, yeah, then your clear goals. I, I love that you, you basically said the reasons of why, like I tell people, if you don't have this, don't start a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Like literally, if you don't have what we just said, for, for, for the media, same thing goes for podcasts. Like if you don't have an offer that sells that you know that sells, and then if you don't have like a lead magnet or a nurture system or like somewhere where they can be a community, your audience, do not start a podcast. This is what no. I, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you're wasting your own time and it needs mm-hmm. to be, you need to own your contacts too. You know, don't just, don't focus on building followers. You need to build a database. So it's either an email list or, you know, we used to be old school and, you know, I had people's phone numbers and yeah, you know, things like that, like real contacts, like people yeah. you could call. You need to gather their contacts to where you own them and can reach out to them on demand. You're not relying on them following you and maybe seeing something. Exactly. And you know what? I think like last year, what was it? I don't know, middle of the year where where like Facebook went down and like there were some people that went panic mode. They were like, oh crap, I don't know what to do. Right? Yeah. And I mean, the thing about Facebook too, it's just, it's really a pond. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I know it's a very popular pond, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just a very targeted small place at the end of the day. Yes. And and you don't own it. <laughs> you don't own it and there's so much more out there. It's not searchable. 
Yes. Like searchability. That's the other thing about media. Like it ranks different on Google search. Like, I don't know about anybody else here, but I am not going to Facebook to look for... I did not find my physical therapist on Facebook. I did not find my allergist on Facebook. You know, I'm not searching Facebook when yes. I am looking for a product or service. I am searching the internet Yep. and podcasts, earn media. We want you showing up on the internet when people are looking for you. And yeah, it's not we, just keywords, you yeah. know, it's like real content and earn media news is displayed differently on Google than other websites. Um, so that's to your advantage there too. I love it. We got to hit the hype button for that. <laughs> just because you, you explained it, right? That like, like that was the owned, you're owning it. Like you're owning an email list. You're owning the podcast. If you do start a podcast and then you're owning your blog or whatever it is that you're creating, right? All that stuff. Um, yep. Instead of being on Facebook, Instagram, you don't own that. Someone else does even Twitter and we have a new owner of Twitter. So yeah, all that stuff is like, it's crazy. It's, and it's just going to keep happening. We don't know. And, and, and with that, with Twitter, right. We could, he could just shut it down and everything that you did on Twitter, it's gone forever. You don't have yeah. the contacts of those people and you're like panicking because maybe you built off your business off of Twitter and it's like, Oh crap. Now, what do you do? I mean, let's look at MySpace, Periscope. It's happened. It'll happen again. Now, I'm not against any of these platforms. I use them. It's just like, yes. let's use them with awareness. Yes. But this leads into my next question of like, so how does someone even build out an in-house PR team, you know? Start with the goals. And if even if you're just one person, you can do the work. Like you mentioned, you're on Haro. I think it's admirable that you do it two to three, send two to three a day. I have a very hard time getting anybody else to use it that frequently. Basically, what I'm trying to say is you get to choose your path of how much time you have to put into it. Yes. So personally, that's where I have people start because it's important that we're realistic with ourselves and understand our capacity and our ability. So mm -hmm. I have them like look at their schedule, say how much time per week do I have to allocate to this? Yeah. Where in the week am I flexible on this? Do I only have a certain amount of time? We look at the goals and it's like, okay, then between these two, between your business goals and your personal skills and communication style and ability, what media type is best for you to focus on? Mm -hmm. And then you also want to take a look at your own personal certifications, education, experience, qualifications. And what I call this is people's zone of expertise. So you kind of really identify your own zone within the market because general doesn't land. Mm -hmm. No one's looking for anything general out there. They're looking for specific and actionable advice and information from a qualified expert. So you want to like the example I gave before, if you focus on over 55 fitness and fall prevention, that's a specific angle that you can hone in on and then look at the gaps. So once you have your zone of expertise, your goals, and you understand which media type fits yeah. your audience and your skills, you want to start media research. And that that's where you look at what media outlet, whether it's a podcast, TV, radio, mm -hmm. just talking about the subjects 
that you want to talk about mm-hmm. and which of them does your audience, is your client most likely to consume? Because that's the most important thing. People often want vanity press, what I call it. Yeah. You wanted to yep. say something. Oh, so I was going to ask then, do you think it's best like to survey your clients to be like, hey, what do you guys read? Or, you know, what are you watching? So then it's like, cool, let's, they're giving you the, the exact, not the exact, um, yellow brick road of where to go. Yep. I always advise that if people are willing to do that, definitely ask them. Also ask them how they found you. You know, there's a lot of rich data to be mined from talking to your customers, your existing ones about how they Mm -hmm. found you. What were you looking for? What were you hoping the whole problem solution part Mm -hmm. of your messaging? Because sometimes what we think something is not the same as what they actually did. Yeah. And most customers don't mind sharing that with you. And for trackability in turn, like that's what we did with our customers when we had the magazine press, because yeah. that's not an online link. It's a paper magazine. Yeah. So in order to test how effective it was, it was a standard procedure we had in place when a client called very conversationally after all their questions have been answered and they're happy. Like, hey, how did you find out about this? Mm-hmm. And they love talking about it. And it gave me so much information. And that's how I found out that that one full page, not actually, we were in Eldercord multiple times. It wasn't that <laughs> one. But a different, for a different light that we had published in Eldercord for yeah. three years, it generated leads. That's and awesome talking to your customers like you're talking about building those connections is the information that you want to use to guide you know your media research and like who you target what you say to them when you target them so this kind of even well i mean you already probably covered it a little bit but like how do you know you had a successful pr marketing but i think you just covered it there really is like when something is published or whatnot, you're able to track it. Like, where did you come from? Tracking depends on like your customer journey. There's a lot of things, but yeah. whatever, whatever it looks like, you want to ask yourself, how can I track and monitor the effectiveness of this? And that okay. also goes back to your goals. So Got for it. example, effectiveness could look like now, as a wellness coach on TV, I did a segment on how to discover your well-being blueprint. And I had a freebie where they could download a free guide. Yeah. Well, when I was off television, I got home, 56 people had downloaded that guide. That's a metric. Yep. The other thing you can use is Google Analytics or your website tracker, something that is showing you traffic mm-hmm. and where that traffic came from to your website. Like we said, verbal conversations, whatever your customer journey looks like, you need to find those touch points. And that's one thing I advise my customers as well is on your sales journey, everyone is looking at sales as the goal. I want sales and that's fantastic. But we want to monitor each phase, what I call it. So what metric are you going to use to know whether you increased awareness? How are you going to know that from your personal touch points that you have for new people coming in? And then how are you going to measure how you've nurtured those clients? You know, and that's your open rate on your emails if you do that, or yeah. if you're using Instagram to nurture, we're going to look at 
the engagement of your followers to your yep. posts. And then you want to measure conversion. You know, how long does it take? Where am I? Where are things not working in this process? Like yeah. what makes people convert not? And then retention is the last phase because people don't leave, especially like a PT, a chiropractor, like your business is mm-hmm. built on repeat customers and these long-term relationships. So you want your metrics in place for that. And then like we're talking about no leaky buckets, you know, where are our people falling off and where do we actually want to focus on? Because a lot of people think more awareness yields to more sales. And that's not actually true. If you Mm -hmm. have a leak and nurture and convert, more awareness is not going to equal more sales. Yeah. I love that you talked about the customer journey there. Um, actually, guys, if, if you are more interested in the customer journey, we did an episode with George Bryant. I definitely encourage you to go listen to that episode about the customer journey. It's going to go dive in a little more into this, what we just did with Morgan. But she she mapped it out perfectly. And if you don't know these things, then again, you do have a leaky bucket and you need to fix it before that leaky bucket turns into like a massive hole. Yeah. And media, just to reiterate, is a tool to amplify. That's it. You got to have your foundation to build off. And then you can amplify. But like you said, you don't want this little leak to turn into a massive gushing, like flooding our basement situation. Yes. So I just want to talk about this Mm -hmm. is podcast now. We're we're on a podcast about podcasts. Woo, very meta. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so like, why, why do you, why is it a priority for you to help your clients get onto podcasts? Because podcasts have a unique format. I mean, it's more long form content, mm-hmm. right? You can podcast, let a person like myself, any other business owner, you can really show up in a way that helps build the relationship. You know, these other forms of media that we're talking about, like a, a radio is the same. If you have a long radio show, yeah, podcast is kind of modern radio a little bit, right? When yeah. Just, I don't know. Different don't, broadcasting method. It's through the internet versus the airwaves, but yeah. similar. Um, but like I said, television, you have, you've got two to three minutes. You can, yeah, you can build multiple appearances, which I've done. And you can definitely build awareness to where yeah. you're like, even... I'd go to the doctor's office. People had no idea. It's like, you look so familiar, which I personally hate as an introvert, but you only have two to three minutes. You don't get to show a lot of your personality. You don't get to go into depth on a topic. Yeah. The written communication. Like personally, I'm a formal writer. I write really heady intellectual. I don't write like I talk at all. Yeah. So a podcast lets to me, it lets clients show their personality. And we are having a conversation and a relationship and someone else is getting to listen in on that connection and that relationship. And I think that's the appeal of podcasts. Secondly, searchability. (laughs) When someone searches your name, it shows up in a podcast and it, or the podcast links show up Mm -hmm. and they can listen in, tune in and get to know you better. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that you said that because 
a lot of us, okay, so we're, we're talking to healthcare providers, right? A lot of you guys have these people that come in and you know, they're not fit for your, your clinic, your, I don't know, your online program, whatever it is. But if they're like, they search you ahead of time, you can weed them out by that. Right. Yeah, and that's then, so important. I'm so glad that you said that really. And that's what I want them to like media. The biggest misconception that came to mind is that it's talking to the masses and it is absolutely not talking to the app masses. It's talking to your ideal client and that's it. Just like you said, yeah. the whole goal is still to weed people out and only talk. This is what I teach my clients. Like the person you're talking to is the person that needs to buy your product today, right now, not next week, not next month. You're not convincing them. You're not educating them why it's important. You're just trying to reach the part person that has this genuine pain and problem and they need you. And they're just trying to genuinely find you. And like you said, when they come to you, then it's your job to help them understand whether you're the right fit or not and send them on their way to the next thing that can serve them if it's not you. Yes. And I want to even talk about that. If okay. it's not you, be okay. It's not you. Yeah. We can't serve everyone. And, you know, I, I think of myself as a customer a lot, you know, as yeah. a business owner, like when we're buying things, I would prefer if I'm searching someone out to be like, Hey, like I actually went through this with my physical therapist, who are your healthcare providers, PTs. I loved her. She was amazing. And she was working on my pelvic region. And I wanted her to work on my neck. And she's like, I can, but I would really rather refer you to this other PT who specializes in that. And she's like amazing. And she can tell if you have a concussion, whether you even know. And I have so much respect for that. And I think, especially when we're talking healthcare, yes, like the jobs, when we're helping someone navigate a problem in their body, to me, it's kind of sacred work. And I think that we do have an obligation to send them where they can really get the help they need if it's not through us. And I think people remember that. Like I've so, like I said, I have so much respect for that PT. Love her, love her work, wish she could do it, but she just earns so much more respect and I will be that much more likely to refer someone else to her because of that. Ooh, fire, all of it. Last <laughs> 10 minutes, just go listen back to that. You know, hopefully that gives you some action steps, guys. But also, if you are even thinking of getting into like this PR media coverage, like we're talked, Morgan is offering a complimentary media clarity call for you guys. So we're going to have that in the links. Um, but Morgan, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast. And then for the listeners that, um, you, you know, related to your messaging, where can they find you other than where we're sending them with the clarity call? My website is getyourmessageinthemedia.com. Okay. So they can find me there. And on the call, just like I said about my opinion, this conversation that we're having, the whole purpose of that call is because I genuinely love to help business owners find the right next step for their marketing. Mm -hmm. And the goal of that call is to help you answer the question, is media the right fit for me? Is my business at the right place? So the questions we kind of try to answer in general terms through this episode you can get on a phone call with me and we'll answer them specific to your business. And I'll say, Hey, you're in the right place to do this. Or no, like you might want to focus here instead. This isn't going to help you reach your goals. So no pressure. 
you can find me at getyourmessageinthemedia.com. Perfect. Um, so my listeners, uh, Morgan knows this towards the end. I know you've listened to a couple of my podcasts, so then you know what's coming right now is we bust out this thing called Poddex to help us dive in a little more into you. So I got three questions for you. What motivates you when you're most productive? That's a really good question. <laughs> you sound like I'm filling space as I let my brain think. By you're talking. good. You're good. Can you repeat it again? So what makes you feel most productive? I'm outcome oriented. So having that clear outcome that I am moving towards mm -hmm. makes me feel productive in taking an action. If I can connect the two together, because so much of like the work that we do takes more time than one working session to complete, whether it's exercising or business goals. So I would say that's what makes me feel productive and motivated is focusing on my outcome and then directly tying what I'm doing to attaining that outcome I'm looking for. Perfect. All right. This one's a little deep. Okay. And I've even contemplated this one uh, recently. It's like, if you've achieved all of your life goals tomorrow, what do you do next? Honestly, I would do what I'm doing. Oh. I love this work so much. I do not do well sitting around. Like I'm not a sit on the beach all day kind of girl. Um, I get bored. So yeah, I would do this. If I had a billion dollars, I would keep doing this. But at a higher level, I would not. Yeah. Okay. So if you meet any entrepreneur living or dead, who would it be? That's the last question. Oh, that's so hard. Oh, there's so many good ones. There is. There is. How, okay, let's talk I have about to this. pick one. Have you met them already? No, I okay. have not. Okay. I would say, can I just say some that I really yeah. love and admire? Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Sarah Blakely, Spanx, love her. Yeah. Um, love, I, th she's, I just think it's incredible what she's accomplished in her business. There's so much to learn. Heck yeah. Very good at looking at consumer needs and then developing your big customer like your product based on that. Yeah. I think Richard Branson, like the vastness of what he's done with his Virgin Empire. I'm really inspired by that. Mm -hmm. I, in the like online entrepreneur space, Marie Forleo. I, are you familiar with Marie Forleo? I'm trying to think what she do. So she has a online course called B School oh. and she has a YouTube show called Marie TV. Okay. And this, so let's just take this moment. This is really fun. Like things that you think everyone knows, not everyone knows. Cause this is what gets us. I know that's a big block yeah. that people run into all the time. They're like, everybody knows that. No, like there's constantly things for us to learn from each other. Yeah. And look, I'm looking her so, up in the background. <laughs> yeah. Look her up. So she is very multi-passionate. And as someone that has had kind of a multi-passionate career, what I learned from her and what I'd like to learn more from her about is how to take what seem like separate talents and skills, which I'd had modeling and acting, media, you know, business, marketing, wellness, and then turn them like, how can you bring your whole self into your business? Yeah. Like, that's what I learned from her. And she's scrappy. I just like her. She would be like, 
I wanted a girl talk, that would be the entrepreneur that I'd probably <laughs> reach out to. All right. Does, does she have a podcast? She does the YouTube TV series. I okay. know she's been a guest on podcasts. All I don't right. consume a lot of content myself at this yeah. stage in my life. So I'm on her email list and I know she does, like I said, Marie TV where she makes these videos, but I don't actually know if she has a podcast or not. All right, guys. Well, we're going to call our shot then. Any of you know Marie Florio, somehow, <laughs> some way, let's get her in contact with Morgan. Let's make it happen. We've had it happen before where people are like calling out their person that they want to interview for their podcast. And then they message me, hey, actually someone reached out and said they know that person and then got them on. And I was like, that's so cool. So they got an Olympic uh, medalist on their podcast because of this. That's amazing. Right? She, so Marie TV, I would love to be on Marie TV. Okay. Let's make, let's make it happen. We'll put guys. it out there. Put it out there. I'll claim it. Yeah. It feels big at this point, but I'll claim it for sure. If it happens, you could say it happened here. <laughs> I will definitely do that. If it, if it does, I will totally give it credit to this podcast. All right. Well, Morgan, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Um, and then for the listeners, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe for more episodes. Peace, guys. For more inspiring conversations like this one, I invite you to join my free Facebook group, Healthcare Hacks and Connections. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, review on Apple, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Lastly, be sure to follow our socials on Instagram, the podcast underscore doc and Nate Novice on Facebook. Thank you and have a great day.